Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. All right, we are back here on your workday afternoon and market view. And today we are talking to Rachel Kelly to see how things are shaping up in the markets here in Singapore and for the rest of the region, of course, and everything else that's moving the economy and business here this Monday. Rachel, good afternoon to you. What are we looking at? What are you looking at this hour? Well, good afternoon, Tim. What a start to the week. Well, uh, regional shares mainly lower this Monday session. Taking a look at home, uh, Singapore shares, they fell when trading began um, this this morning session, and it hasn't really picked up in the morning. Um, we were looking at uh, an open down 1.5% to 2,645 points, Tim. And you mm-hmm. know what? It hasn't budged. It hasn't budged at all. Um, among the top index securities, though, the most heavily traded by volume on the open was Singtel, um, which lost 0.2 cents. And I just had a quick look, and okay. they're back up. They're back up at $2.55. All right. Uh, so what's uh, what, what's driving the sentiment in the Singapore market today? Because taking a look at the rest of the region, they're all in the red as well. They are. Um, You know, we've got a lot of big data coming out this week. Here in Singapore, we had two sets of data that people are looking at. um, That obviously the wider uh, global data also is impacting sentiment for investors here in Singapore. You know, we had private sector economists come out in an MES survey this this morning um, that said that they expect the economy to contract by 5.8%. In 2020, mm-hmm. with an 11.8% year-on-year contraction for the second quarter. Now, the COVID-19 pandemic has sent these expectations south uh, since the, the previous quarterly survey was out in February, um, when the median forecast at that point by respondents for the full year was 0.6%, so quite a, quite a significant move. But um, a report out from Selena Ling, who is the head of Treasury and Research Strategy at OCBC Bank. Now, she said um, that this is unsurprising, as the government's also cut its official growth forecast to to minus 4 to minus 7%, and it's in line with OCBC's house view of around minus 6%. Um, And she's also said that, you know, this deterioration um, is largely captured in sectors like construction, Mm -hmm. and now seeing a contraction of uh, 11.4%. Wholesale and retail trade uh, coming in at negative 12.8% and accommodation and food services at negative 26% to reflect the slump in activities during the circuit breaker period. Um, Another stat I want to kind of pull in for you, Tim, is uh, employment numbers. Yeah, yeah, I just reported that earlier. Yeah, and you know, Singapore's total employment in Q1, sees the largest quarterly contraction on record. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, this is higher than the 19,000 cited in the ministry's preliminary, pre- preliminary data released on April 29th, and it also exceeds the 24,000 contraction seen in Q2 2003, and that was during the SARS outbreak. So quite, uh, quite strong numbers coming out this morning. So I think, you know, overall the market's trying to, ma- trying to work out what to make of that, Staying in kind of negative territory at 2,645. Um, and this is a reflection as well of other numbers that we're seeing happen uh, both in China and, expect, and further expectations that we've got some big data out later in this week as well. 
Are you expecting anything uh, positive coming out from the, what we're supposed to expect this week? I mean, you know, there are always a little bit, we've always got some glimmers of hope. Um, but maybe I can tell you a little bit about some of the stocks that we're keeping an eye on yeah. um, this week. So um, Perennial Real Estate Trust, well, no, not the trust, sorry, Perennial Real Estate. Uh, now, its chief executive, Kwasek Guan, is partnering several other substantial shareholders, including Kwak Kun Hong and Ron Sim, to take the real estate developer private. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're offering $0.95 cents per share in cash. For all the shares of perennials, um, and on June 9th, the, clou- the counter had closed at 69 cents. Before the company called for a trading halt on June 10th, um, when the market uh, opened, and I'm just having a look now at perennial shares, and they're now up at 94 cents. They've been kind of moving around a little bit, but yeah, 94 cents. So that's close to the 95 cents that's being offered um, and significantly higher than the 60, 69 cents that they had at the close on June 9th. Okay, what else are you uh, keeping an eye on for the rest of the afternoon, uh, Rachel? So another counter that I've been watching this morning is uh, we've got Capital Mall Trust. Mm. So Capital Mall Trust, uh, now CMT's manager earlier today said it expects to provide additional rental relief of up to one month of rent or other forms of rental assistance for June to small and medium enterprise tenants that do not qualify for help under a new rental relief law. I mean, this has been hotly debated um, in terms of further support for SMEs, especially when it comes to rent. Which is very difficult for our SMEs, I would know. <laughs> so any yeah, kind of yeah, you know, I, I thought of you when I saw the story, <laughs> Tim. That's <laughs> um, so you know. So they've announced that separately, and, and they've also said that they're going to boost their recovery in China with a digitalization strategy to cope with a new normal post-pandemic. Mm. Now, shares of Capitaland actually fell. Um, on Friday, but I'm just looking at CMT's shares today, and they're at about two dollars and six cents. So they're they're back in the green today. Okay. Um, what else would we? Uh, you're working on things for uh, the afternoon for the primetime show as well. Uh, give us a preview. Well, yeah. I mean, before we get to that, Tim, I mm. want to share with you a little bit about what's been happening out of China today. Uh, because we've had two big figures come out of China this morning. Um, and, you know, they've been closely watched by the market as well. And that's China's May industrial output, which is which rises 4.4%. Okay. Um, and we've also got re- retail sales, uh, which is down 2.8% on year. Now, um, industrial output, although it expanded in May from a year earlier, the gain was less than expected. And what analysts have said is that this actually suggests... Uh, you know, the, the economy is still struggling to get back on track after the COVID-19 crisis. Um, and those retail sales, because that's an indication, obviously, in terms of are people going back out now that we've started to see some measures easing? Or are they starting to spend? Mm. Um, so they actually fell 2.8% on year. Now, earlier, I spoke to Nagunin from Telomere, and he's the head of consumer research. And he told me, you know, investors shouldn't be too worried about these numbers. They shouldn't be looking back. They start need to start looking forward at uh, at some of the other, um, you know, in terms of what's happening, not in 2020, but in 2021, when things start to pick up. 
So he said, for the rest of the year, we're starting to see a little bit more momentum. So not to be panicked by the numbers that we're seeing coming out of China and perhaps the economic and the um, and the employment numbers out mm-hmm. this morning. But sticking in China, Tim, bear with me. Go <laughs> now, ahead. We've got lots of time. <laughs> We've got lots of time. Good. Okay. Because I've, I've got lots to share with you. Okay. So, um, and I'm sure you've heard the numbers out of Beijing this morning, right, Tim? Over the weekend, we saw... Uh, resurgence in COVID-19 cases, and we got an update on the numbers this morning, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, I think they're, they're uh, 40, 49, if I'm not mistaken, as of this morning. There were 49, and at about 11.54 a.m., we got an update. Oh. And that is that uh, we've got, they, they've kind of moved towards uh, about 100 cases. And that's why Beijing is, uh, well, sort of putting up restrictive measures again uh, to contain this possible outbreak in Beijing alone. So what do you have for us? Yeah, so, you know, somebody asked me this morning, uh, looking at the weekend's numbers, you know, it's it's touching 50. So they said, you know, it's it's only 50 cases. Um, Sometimes we have a few hundred here in Singapore in a day, or, you know, it's, it's 100 cases. So what's the big deal? It starts with one. Really. It starts with one. <laughs> that's, that's it. But also, um, now in a research report out this morning from Tommy Z, who is the head of Greater China Research at o- OCBC, he sent out a report highlighting exactly this. You know, why is it important? And he said, you know, this is the largest local cluster, not only for Beijing, but China since February. Mm. In addition, it happened in China's capital, which is one of the most heavily guarded cities in the world against COVID-19. Now, we may be feeling a bit of deja vu, because if you, th- if you look at where this outbreak started, um, the initial COVID-19 outbreak in Wuhan was first detected in Wuhan's seafood market. Right. And this was also detected in the seafood market. Hmm. So um, there are some, some current concerns there. And, you know, um, some confirmed cases were reportedly reported to have developed symptoms in early June. So that suggests that it could have been circulating in the market for about one week to two weeks. So uh, in Tommy's, in Tommy's uh, research paper, he says, what are the implications for this? So he says, the implications, a small outbreak in Beijing came at a bad time when markets concerned about a second wave of transmission heightened in the past few days. And this may weigh down on sentiment further. Uh, what happened to Beijing, he says, offers us a fresh perspective that food supply chain could be susceptible to COVID-19. Uh, currently, parasite examinations were conducted for imported foods such as seafood or meat, and uh, the examination may be expanded to coronavirus in the future as well. So that's testing, you know, the food that's coming out of these markets. If people are preparing food in the market that may have COVID-19, are they then transmitting that through the food that they're preparing as well? All right. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on the developments, of course, uh, in China. Very important there as uh, it makes the news uh, this Monday, Rachel. Uh, So, yes, very quickly, what do you have uh, for tonight that you're looking at uh, that we can't expect? So tonight, um, so that chat I had with Nagunin, um, head of consumer research at Telemer, that was really catching up with him on his thoughts uh, from the numbers out of China, uh, our, our employment stats here in Singapore as well. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a sneak preview on the week ahead. We've got uh, more figures coming out this week. We've got retail sales from the U.S., um, job data 
uh, issued in the U.S., China, and the U.K., while inflation numbers are expected uh, are updated in the Eurozone, Japan, and the U.K., um, it's also going to be a busy week for central banks with markets looking for views from policymakers on expected recovery speeds and whether any new tools might be deployed to help ease the downturn. So he had a chat with us about that. Um, and one thing Nagurunin wanted to highlight as well, and he said, you know, we need to start looking at food prices. And that's with regard to commodities. So right. he's he's looking at commodities such as rice, um, other grains, but he's also said meat. Now, he's told me that um, meat is forecast. He's expecting an increase in meat prices of about 10% this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's looking, he's tracking a broader index, which we're going to find out. We're going to discuss later in the interview that's going to be broadcast at 540. All right. We'll look forward to that, uh, Rachel. Thank you very much. That's Rachel Kelly there joining us on the phone lines here on Market View. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.